You're listening to Full Steam Ahead, a podcast about Purdue with Adam Bartels. Welcome to Full Steam Ahead, a podcast about Purdue. In this episode, we are talking about the Pursuing Racial Justice Together series that has been recently announced by Purdue. And to help discuss that with me is one of my favorite guests to have on this podcast. It's my privilege to welcome back to the podcast, Dr. John F. Gates, the uh, Vice Provost for Diversity and Inclusion at Purdue. Dr. Gates, how you doing? Hey, Adam, it's good to see you again, my friend. You too, I, I love talking to you and just hearing from your wisdom, from your experience at Purdue and just this ongoing continuing conversation that is just absolutely necessary to keep going, keep talking about and, and, and not let it die. Um, so thank you for your time and a willingness to uh, rejoin the podcast again. My pleasure. Awesome. Well, before we kind of jump into things, just for those who may hear you for the first time, or uh, just a reminder for those who maybe have heard you again, uh, just uh, your title role at Purdue and, and, and what that means. So I'm Vice Provost for Diversity and Inclusion and a clinical professor in the Granard School of Management. As VP for Diversity and Inclusion, I'm responsible for faculty, student, and staff success, recruitment and retention of underrepresented and underserved populations, and education and training in the diversity and inclusion space across the university. So uh, all of those things that um, uh, represent uh, diversity programs, uh, policy practice and initiatives, outreach and engagement uh, is in my office. Awesome. Well, uh, Purdue, you know, just recently announced a series that we're gonna get into in here in a minute, but again, extra important that we're having this conversation today uh, as we're recording this, you know, just yesterday you saw uh, the Milwaukee Bucks, followed by multiple other teams and leagues, take a stand for uh, what's been going on, especially up in Kenosha and uh, other places as well, but especially the unfortunate incident with um, uh, Jacob Blake earlier in the week. Um, talk about, as you were seeing that yesterday unfold, your thoughts and reaction to that. Yeah, um, I would say that our sports uh, teams, our leagues, uh, our players, coaches, uh, and team owners are recognizing the real importance of this time, uh, the importance of uh, being in solidarity with uh, not an organization, but with a, um, uh, a real um, cause uh, in America. That is um, the value and validation of, of Black lives. Um, so I was not surprised uh, to see it. Uh, you may be aware, Adam, that there was a Black Lives Matter protest uh, or demonstration at Purdue uh, last Friday, I think it was, um, in the midst of everything that we're going through, about a thousand students or so gathered uh, and socially distanced, um, all wear masks um, uh, and together um, really crying out for justice um, for Black lives. That uh, group was mostly white. Um, uh, it was people from all over the campus, from uh, different backgrounds. That's what we're seeing all across America and indeed all across the world. And so that our sports teams um, uh, and colleagues are engaged uh, and this is not a surprise. Um, uh, in fact, uh, sports has been a leader in uh, racial justice uh, for a very, very long time. Uh, sports have, uh, like music, helped to break down barriers uh, um, between different people. Right? It's the thing that brings us together. It's also one of the things that can help heal a nation. So uh, I'm pleased and proud of those actions yesterday. 
you mentioned last time we talked about how proud you are of to work for Purdue and, and their involvement in addressing this issue. And then, as you said last week with the, the protests on campus that, you know, it was a peaceful protest. Talk about, again, your pride in the university and, and seeing the student body respond like that. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. People around the nation would never think that Purdue is a place where people really care, uh, where we are alive, engaged in the, the discourses uh, locally and nationally. Um, we are boilermakers after all, right? Uh, uh, this, is, this is what we do. We uh, lean into difficult conversations and difficult times to make sense uh, of them all. Um, the sense-making we do may be different one person to another, uh, but however we come at our, uh, our sense of things, uh, at our conclusions. We go through a process. Um, the students went through a process uh, of really taking hold of our core values as an institution, right? Those core values are honor, integrity, respect, inclusion, growth, and, and innovation. I think they did all of those things at one time, right? And in doing so, they grew and they innovated, uh, believe it or not, a new way of, um, uh, of uh, expressing one's voice, right? So to protest um, uh, behind masks, right? Uh, wearing masks, to be socially distanced, to follow the rules, um, uh, to not walk in the street, all of those, those things, right? Um, Boilermakers did that. I, I think we are better than we know. That's great. Well put. And like you said, they, they showed how to do it the right way as well. Um, yeah. Jumping into this, this, the series that's upcoming, probably you probably even say building off success, off the successful democracy, civility, and freedom of expression series from last spring that you and I had the, the pleasure of talking about um, uh, last spring. Uh, talk about this new series, Pursuing Racial Justice Together. How'd this, how'd this come together? That's right. So we, we did have a wonderful experience last semester uh, with democracy, civility, and freedom of expression. And Pursuing Racial Justice is really um, the next phase in that same, uh, that same line of programming and thinking. We are in a particular time uh, in our country where we're being called to uh, look at systemic uh, bias and um, kind of the, um, the contours of the nation for different folks. Um, we have witnessed over the past months um, the shootings and the killings of Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud Aubrey, George Floyd, um, uh, Rayshard Brooks, and now we add to the list, although uh, he hasn't, he's not died, dead, um, Jacob Blake. Um, all of these uh, episodes happening in such rapid succession. Um, has called forth a national conversation. Purdue will help lead that conversation um, here uh, and elsewhere. And so we've developed an entire series around pursuing racial justice together. Uh, we recognize that we are not yet there, right? That this is an ongoing pursuit. Um, we've got to define what racial justice is, right? Um, uh, and then none of us can do it alone, right? Um, America is not uh, a nation that is about one people. It is about all of us. Um, and the issues we face are about all of us as well. And so um, 
we will do this work together. We've outlined quite a uh, phenomenal group of speakers. Um, it's all going to be virtual. Um, and what we try to do is organize things in a way that will allow people who are interested in engaging in the conversation to find a pathway uh, that uh, is comfortable for them. And so you think about it in terms of uh, educators uh, and public intellectuals, um, artists uh, and um, uh, uh, culture, um, uh, and as well as um, training. All of those things will be available uh, to people this, this year. Awesome. <clears throat> kind of touch on a little bit, but talk about the goals of the series. Yeah, the goals of the series um, is one, to have the conversation. Um, it is democracy, civility, and freedom of expression, right? And so uh, to do this in a democratic way, um, and you know, our opinions differ. And so we're going to be able to get those out. Um, uh, as well as to help uh, sensitize the campus and Greater Lafayette to the real and urgent issues of African-Americans um, here uh, and around the country, to develop uh, pathways for us to begin to ameliorate um, some of the, the ills. I will tell you, <clears throat> as we will talk about Ibram X. Kendi and his work, what we know is that in the universe of, of race, we get to be really one of three things. We get to be racist, we get to be not racist, which most of us are, um, and we get to, or we get to be anti-racist. We want to move a conversation from not racist to anti-racist, right? Not racist meaning we're good people, we expect the world to be good. Um, we don't see race and racism, um, uh, generally, right? We don't feel, and so we don't have to engage. Anti-racism is a positioning <clears throat> not of passivity, but uh, of, uh, that is active, where we do recognize that um, our systems and our structures um, are built on frameworks that uh, often diminish Black people uh, in particular, that we can't wait for racism to appear and say, hello, here I am that we actually have to look for it and meet it out, that uh, we all have agency and we get to use our voices uh, to eradicate uh, the problems, um, uh, that we don't have to be bystanders, we can be interveners. Um, and so there's work for us to do. I want to move us uh, through this conversation from goodness to action. Uh, as we pursue racial justice. And you talked about Ibram, one of the, the first speakers, I think, kicks off this whole series on September 2nd. Uh, you get to moderate that event. So talk about looking forward to that. And I do, I do, I do. Ibram <laughs> <clears throat> X. Kendi is one of the uh, foremost authors in the country. He's written a number of books. Uh, chief among them is Stamped from the Beginning uh, and How to Be an Anti-Racist. Ibram uh, has really ignited the conversation on anti-racism in the country. He provides us with uh, a very sound uh, understanding and pathway uh, to engage in this work. And so I'm delighted that uh, he will be with us uh, and that I'll have a chance to, uh, to engage him in conversation uh, about the issues of the day, about the work that uh, we're all called to do, uh, and how we um, kind of, uh, in a collective way, and in our own individual spaces, begin to reshape our realities. 
Awesome. Great stuff. Talk about some of the other speakers in the lineup. If you have the dates in front of you, great. If not, I'm going to link those on our website anyway, but uh, yes. talk about the other uh, speakers so here on the I'm going to read the list. Okay. I'm going to read the list, Adam, and we're not done because we just added some more. Uh, like, yeah, yeah, man. All right. So we began with Ibram X. Kendi, author, historian and author of How to Be an Anti-Racist on September 2nd. Ben Crump, the uh, lead attorney for uh, Breonna Taylor, uh, the families of Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud Aubrey, George Floyd, um, Trayvon Martin, and many others will be in conversation with us on September um, uh, September 10th. Dolores, uh, we're going to um, celebrate heritage uh, for the first time um, uh, in our recent history. And we'll have Dolores Huerto uh, and uh, Julian Castro, uh, the former Secretary of Housing and Urban Development, in conversation with uh, Maria Hinojoso. Um, Patrice Colors, one of, and that's on September 16th. Patrice Colors, uh, one of the co-founders of Black Lives Matter will be with us on September 24th. Rebecca Nagel, writer, uh, author, and host of This Land podcast will be with us on October 6th. Eduardo Bonilla Silva, uh, sociologist uh, who wrote the book Racism Without Racists will be with us October 7th. The University of New Hampshire Power Play and Dr. Stephanie Goodwin uh, will be uh, convening an interactive uh, theater seminar on bias intervention um, over three days, October 21 through 23. We will have a panel discussion leading up to the election called uh, Democracy in Black, with um, uh, the moderator being Michelle Norris from NPR, uh, Eddie Glaude, uh, Dr. Eddie Glaude, who wrote the book, Democracy in Black, uh, journalist executive and executive producer, Soledad O'Brien, uh, and political commentator and former communications director in the RNC, Tara Setmeyer. On November 10th, Brian Terrell Clark will be with us. Brian is an actor, singer, and songwriter who played George Washington in the musical Hamilton. And we'll end the semester with um, uh, Majorin Banaji, uh, an exper experiential um, psychologist who is the co-author of Blind Spot, The Hidden Biases of Good People. So that's the lineup so far. Uh, there's more coming um, around the election, and we're going to talk about uh, policing and uh, the arguments around defund or not defund, we're taking it all on uh, this semester. And we, we talked a little bit about uh, funding the police, defunding the police last time and just reiterating your stance. You, you said, I believe last time, you, you don't agree with defunding the police, but reforming, is that correct? And just want to reiterate that. That's right. So <clears throat> I think there, there is some confusion in the national discourse about what defunding the police means. It does not mean literally defunding the police and getting rid of police departments. Um, that's not uh, on the table, and I don't think it is in the best interest uh, of our country or our communities. In fact, um, uh, there's uh, in the black community and others a, a great uh, appreciation for the police, um, uh, particularly uh, when, it is, um, when it is just. Defund the police means moving some of the resources that uh, is used for uh, beat policing and the like to efforts that could uh, keep people out of jail and out of harm's way, like um, uh, after school programs, 
uh, for instance, so the kids have some place to go and something to do. Uh, they're missing those things now. Uh, weekend programs so that uh, students and kids have uh, and young people places uh, to go and things to do that are constructive. Um, uh, education incentives uh, and the like. Um, mental health uh, is also uh, a, an issue uh, to grapple with. So uh, it is um, repurposing some of the dollars in police forces that are used uh, uh, to, uh, you know, for punitive measures, right? Um, uh, uh, and law enforcement uh, to uh, be a prelude to that so that we don't get to that point. And last time we also talked about I asked you the question about, do you feel uh, there's hope and this time things will be different, this time we'll see a change. Do you still feel that way despite recent incidents? You know, Adam, and I've been having this conversation a lot since, since we talked, I wish you could have seen those students uh, last, last Friday um, or whenever it was. Um, I think we look around the nation and we see that the faces of Black Lives Matter um, who are out in the streets protesting are not just Black faces, in fact, not primarily Black faces, that this is um, an American issue now. It is akin to the time of the Civil Rights Movement when um, the issues surrounding Black identity, Black humanity, Black dignity, um, and justice for Black people became the cause of um, much of the nation. We've not had that kind of uh, engagement between 1968 and, and now. Um, so I do think this time is different. I think it is different because our young people uh, just won't stand for what's happening in the country. Uh, they can't believe that this is the country um, or the fabric of the country we live in, uh, and they intend to change it. Whereas people my age may be somewhat jaded and say, well, here we go again. Uh, the young people are saying, we aren't going here again. Um, the two will come to meet, right? I think at the end of the day, America will be better. There will be more justice. Um, will we be perfect? Uh, is this time gonna be a panacea for uh, 250 years or 400 years? Uh, no. Um, but will it move us forward as a nation and as a collective community? I do believe so. Yeah, certainly praying for progress as well in this, in this, uh, in this issue. Um, talk about, especially starting these conversations on a college campus like Purdue, where it's so diverse. You have, I mean, students yeah. from every type of background you could name. Uh, so getting this conversation started on a college campus where these kids are going to go out into the world and be able to influence others. Yeah, so it, it is a, um, a complex uh, proposition to have a large conversation that covers an entire university of 56 um, or 55,000 people, right, from different walks of life and different understandings and experiences. What we are seeking to do is to find spaces where everybody can find comfort. And so as I've talked about um, how we will expand or that we will expand the listing of offerings, even though the offerings are very um, replete, there's something missing, right? There are uh, some conservative views that are missing and that we will add. There are uh, perspectives, uh, I think, from the police that uh, are important in a conversation about policing. Uh, 
that we will add. Um, uh, none of us has it all right, right? None of us has uh, the magic bullet that um, uh, solves all the problem. We all do, however, have a capacity. I would say to, uh, to students and faculty and staff and all of us in the Purdue community, um, that whereas what is happening in the nation today is not our fault, it is our responsibility and our obligation to ameliorate. Um, we're the folks who can fix it, right? Mm -hmm. And so we will lean into the conversation. <clears throat> um, are we seeking to change people's hearts? Um, this is not about the heart. Uh, this is about justice. How do we want to be treated, each and every one of us? How do we expect justice um, to be upheld for each and every one of us? Um, is truly my life as a black man equal to yours uh, as a white man? Um, what about the, um, uh, the sense that um, uh, somehow I'm dangerous? Um, I'm to be watched. Um, uh, I am an existential threat, right? Um, how does my humanity shape up against yours and, and others? These are the questions that we're asking. We're asking the question about what if blackness was thought of as excellence rather than inferiority, marginalization, um, or danger, right? Might Eric Garner, Trayvon Martin, Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud Aubrey, George Floyd, might they be alive today, right? And what do we do about this? That's the conversation. Well said, uh, Dr. Gates. And, you know, as we pursue this racial justice together, hopefully hearts and minds are, are changed in the, uh, in the process as well. Um, for those, you mentioned this is a virtual series this time, uh, with obviously the pandemic affecting a lot of plans on campus. Um, but the good news about that is it makes it available to a lot more people, right? I mean, pretty much anybody is included to be able to see this, talk about how and where people can sign up. That's right. It is all virtual. Um, it will require people to sign up to register uh, to get the link. Go to um, uh, the Purdue website, um, uh, diversity um, at Purdue, uh, and uh, just look for events you will see the Pursuing Racial Justice Together event page. Uh, and from there, you can register for any of the events that I've listed so far uh, and look forward to those that uh, will be announced over the next couple of weeks. Awesome, sounds great. Sounds like an amazing series to, uh, to tune into. Hopefully all of our listeners will get a chance to check out at least some of those. Uh, Dr. Gates, as we're kind of wrapping up, uh, anything else you wanna add? No, just say I, I'm excited about this semester. Uh, Adam, you know that at the same time, we've got the Board of Trustees Task Force on Equity happening. Um, uh, we've got training and development happening uh, all over the campus. I think this is a good time for Purdue, um, and I'm excited about where we will go uh, in this conversation. I look forward to all of your listeners uh, tuning in and uh, being part of this um, very important conversation ahead. I agree. Uh, boilers are great people. They rise up together, right, and unite. Uh, over this issue, hopefully. And uh, Dr. Gates, like I said at the top, I love having you on the, um, the uh, podcast and love to, like I said, continue this conversation and do this again in the future. It will happen. Thank you, Adam. I appreciate you.
Thank you, Dr. Gates. Boiler up. Take care. Boiler up. A reminder, you can follow the Full Steam Ahead podcast on Twitter at Full Steam Pod. And you can always listen to, like, comment, subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and TuneIn. Thanks again for listening to the Full Steam Ahead podcast. Until next time, I'm Adam Bartels.